This is the Rich Eisen Show. 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 Tank wisely. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Are we going to tank? Meaning the Patriots. Yeah, it's happened. And I keep telling them, they are not. Because Belichick doesn't tank, man. Earlier on the show, Bengals wide receiver Jamar Chase. Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Fox Sports college football insider Bruce Feldman. Coming up, writer, director, and comedian Robert Smigel. And now, it's Rich Eyes. Oh, yeah. This is going to be a fun hour. By the way, in the next couple days, um, not that this is an outlier for our program. Lots of laughs. Lots of laughs. Robert Smigel is about to come out here on our show. And uh, many of you might uh, know his work for all his years um, being part of Saturday Night Live's crew. Um, you know, writing in, uh, in terms of, you call it acting as one of the Swirsky brothers? <laughs> Sure. <laughs> you know, I don't know if we have that photograph. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of running a little audible here. If you want to pop that up in a second, uh, Mr. Hoskins out there, the, the Swirsky brothers were, uh, as we all know, Joe Mantegna, who's been on this program many times before. Um, and the great George went, yep. popped in Chris Farley, Chris Farley. Sometimes I think Mike Myers was part yeah. of it too. Yeah. And, and Robert Smigel was one of the Swirsky brothers on the end as well. You know the famed the Bears, which everybody uh, still Bears. uses that phrase that, that's in 2023. Team hashtag is, is is that what it is? Yeah. Are you serious? On, on Twitter, yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, we we we've uh, we've got that all teed up um, with uh, Robert Smigel. He also is the uh, voice and creator of Triumph, the insult comic dog that you enjoy, in uh, enjoyed many years on uh, Conan's program. And he is um, the co-writer and co-director and also uh, wrote the original songs in the movie film Leo, the animated yeah. musical that is killing it on Netflix right here on the Roku channel. I mean, the Roku platform. So he's about to come out here. And then at this point tomorrow, um, the co the creator of um, the show Bookie, Nick Bakai, is going to be here. And he's got his own tale of the tape. Should I tell you what the tale of the tape is from uh, back in the Sports Center days? Or I could yeah. save that for tomorrow. Or you want to know now? It's uh, it's the brotherly shove versus Swifties. That's the tale of the tape. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh! Okay. Okay. Tune in. in. Oh, and our first guest tomorrow in. in studio is uh, Eric Stone Street. Hey. Oh, it's the other way around. Stone Street's in the third hour. Nick's, Nick's, Nick's first hour. Oh, Nick's first. Oh, up. that got swapped out. Hey. Oh. Okay. Breaking news for me. Fantastic. <laughs> so we're gonna lead with we're gonna lead with the with the first hour with the tail of the tape. Fantastic. Lots of entertainment coming up. Um, I thought I loved that chat with uh, Bruce Feldman we just had about college football. One million percent. Because you know, um, let's if you don't mind pop up the um, the uh, uh, next year's bracket. This we didn't dig into in the first hour because I was too taken by the fact that I, you know, Alabama and Texas appear to be have been leapfrogged by Ohio State. But that said, are you seeing that more clearly now that Bruce? No, kind of Bruce. It Bruce as well, said he thinks what? that again. You know, we'll we'll get to that in a second. Okay, but I'm 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 conflicted 
because I know the way that we're going to get to what we see on the screen here and for our radio audience on our terrestrial Sirius XM and Odyssey and also our podcast listeners later on. We're looking at what the college football playoff committee's top 12 teams ordered, how it would look in next year's format when they all make it. The top four teams get a bye into the second of three rounds of a playoff system. And that would change next year. By the way, the current structure, one, two, three, four, would change next week based on the results of the conference championship games. So there's still going to be a conference championship game next year, which would cannibalize potentially Michigan-Ohio State. It's entirely possible Michigan-Ohio State next year is for the right to go to the Big Ten championship game for one and the loser record would put them below whoever's third, fourth, and fifth place in the Big Ten because it's all one mosh pit. It's not the yeah. powerful Eastern Conference against the less-than-Western Conference right. divisions, pardon me, in the in the Big Ten Conference. Oh, Oregon and Washington, two teams. Of, by the way, when you're looking at next year, that's five Big Ten teams there. Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, Washington, and Oregon. That's five Big Ten teams. Oh, yeah. Washington is Big Ten. Now. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. And not even, maybe USC or UCLA gets in. Which is why, again, I believe Michigan is two. Again, Georgia's one because they haven't lost in a million years. Michigan is the only one with two top ten wins anywhere in college football right now. But they're two behind Georgia, which hasn't lost in a million years and has four wins against ranked opponents. Michigan does not. But the reason why I think there are two is because the college football playoff committee is trying to set up Big Ten Pac-12 for the Rose Bowl, an old-school Rose Bowl, one last one of those before the old-school Rose Bowl becomes a conference game between the Big Ten opponents. But it, I'm kind of conflicted about the way we would arrive to this and what it yeah. would mean, but... I mean, that would be pretty amazing. Just it would be in the middle of December, I imagine, or it would be Christmas week. It would start. No, they, the schedule is already pretty much out. Christmas no, me, week. It would start it. for the first round of the playoffs, which happen on campus. And again, if you put that up one more time, it would be games in Austin, Texas, Columbus, uh, Columbus Ohio, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And Eugene, Oregon, they would all be home games. They would all be home games, which means Ole Miss would have to go in the horseshoe, Penn State into Austin, so on and so forth. Yeah, so it's been announced, Rich. Uh, the College Football Playoff has put this out. For next year, the first round is going to be Friday, December 20th. Okay. And Saturday, December 21st. So one game on Friday, three games on Saturday. And then when would the next round uh, be? The next round is going to be, uh, let's see, the Fiesta Bowl will be on New Year's Eve on Tuesday. December 31st, and then Wednesday, January 1st, we'll have the Peach Bowl, Rose Bowl, and Sugar Bowl. The semifinals are going to be on the 9th and 10th. That's a Thursday, Friday. Not Doesn't want to get into the NFL yeah, playoffs. Yeah, of course, understood. And then the national championship is Monday, January 20th. Oh, that's deep. In man. Atlanta. Wow. So it would be a full month of playoffs, college football playoffs. Yeah. So you get, With other bowl games around it, those teams way, that don't make it. By the it. way, think about that. We're going to have Super Wild Card Weekend, uh, I assume, 
January 1819 and then championship on Monday the 20th. I think January 1819 would be a divisional playoff weekend. I think this year Super Wild Card weekend is the 14th 15th. So maybe you're oh, right. I understand. Okay. Maybe you're right. I'm just saying we're going to have a NFL playoff weekend. Oh no, no, it's going to be insane. And, 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 it's going to be nuts. Again, but it's just you know, the it's kind of be wild that the only tradition that's left of old school tradition that oh. seems to be left is one thing that I don't think we all consider tradition, but well, two things. One is that there'll be always commercial kickoff commercial to take up 10 minutes of your At life in the middle of watching a football college a football game, hours. right? Like yeah. that, that, that won't change. No. Also won't change is, you know, when it comes down to it in these big games at halftime, you'll see the marching bands out there and then people chest passing, chest footballs. passing footballs through Dr. Pepper can holes. Awful. Awful. That's about it. Awful. Other than that, there's really no more tradition. I see. I thought you were going to go Awful. somewhere different. No, 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 no. The Michigan Ohio State stuff is just well, you know. Rich next year, possibility Georgia Alabama play three times. They, they do play in the regular season. Oh, do they really? They finally got around to it. Oh, look, that's good. They're giving the people what they You've want. You've been pounding the table for that, please. So, all right. Now, just quickly to answer your question about, do I now understand that Ohio State is placed at six? I'm just saying, Bruce kind of Bruce laid is it out. just like well, absolutely said, yeah. Texas and Alabama. If they win, would leapfrog Ohio State. And when I say it, it doesn't matter. But when Bruce says, well, it, because first of all, he's an expert. You are a troll. You know, I'm, I'm not. I, you I, are trolling I, me. I was not trolling. You're trolling me. I honest to God, because you thought you him. literally thought my point was, was not trolling based him. on my dislike for the Ohio State University. It's fine. I understand. And it that is you don't not. Like them. It is not. But I was not trolling. My them. issue with you was this is the way. <laughs> I do my power rankings, which, which is a snapshot of the moment, yeah. not to give you some form of, you know, extrapolating out. I understand. Of you having to connect dots. I give you the snapshot right. of I the need, moment. I, I need to rethink how I view your power right. rankings now. And then on occasion, <laughs> I will put in there. I think this team is eventually going to come up, but for the moment, they are where they are. Yeah. Well, but TJ and I were right about the and Ravens I, last week. I will. I know that. We're going to see that. Reflected. Bottom line is, I'm the Boo Corrigan of professional football power rankings. I just love how he didn't I, want did have I say anything that right? to do with power rankings, and now he's explaining to Look you at how me. they work. Look at me. <laughs> I. Have, you know what that's called. <laughs> You know what that's called? Evolving. Growth. That's I'm growth. evolving. It's growth, it's growth, growth. and evolving. I get that. Congratulations. Again, but I take stuff Evolution from you, and then I still stay true to myself, which proves the best thing about us <laughs> is about us. us. The best thing about us, though, is yeah. it's about us. That's right. We're a team. In the meantime, hit it. Hit it. Hit it. Hit it. Hit it. Power rankings. Ah, yes, it, which means I am ready to deliver to you the unvarnished <laughs> truth while pissing off the other guys in the room. Look, I know my team's at like four or five, so I'm going to be happy. Number 10 on the list, down one spot. I can't quit them just yet. Oh, geez. The Houston Texans are on this list. Hey, let me tell you something. This is going to be very difficult to fill out 10 teams in a power rankings as we move closer and closer to the playoffs, pal. Okay? Is, is it? It will. It will. 
because the, there's eight teams and then there's a, a, the other two spots. It's becoming like musical chairs. I still love the kid, CJ Stroud. Bless him. One day, CJ, you'll be able to win on Thanksgiving weekend. Trust me, it's going to happen at some point. This means the Steelers aren't on here. The Houston Texans oh, are number 10 on this list right. because they have the defense and they've got the coach. And I think they've got the kid at quarterback, Tank Dell. I still think they're one of the best top third NFL teams in the NFL. Number nine on this list, new to the list, are the Pittsburgh Steelers. See, I knew he wouldn't leave them out. I thought you were going to leave them out, to be honest. Nope, nope. Look at Kenny Pickett with those hamburger helper gloves. (laughs) 400 yards of offense, baby. He's barely gripping the football. 400 yards of offense. Hamburger help was delicious. It happened. First time in 59 games it happened, and he's throwing uh, outside the numbers vertically. What was that? Down the seam. Huh. Pat Fryermuth, Muth, over the over over the uh, you know over the hash marks. They're back. And the defense is Joey Porter Jr. your defensive rookie of the year? Yay or nay? What do you got for me on that? Question, Rich Eisen. I think I think the betting people like he would say Jalen Carter. Okay. Jalen Carter has kind of been the favorite all year long. What about, so. Let's talk about the kid on the western part of the state. He's he's balling out, sir. Yeah. So, um, Devin Witherspoon. They're number nine on my list right here, uh, taking on the Arizona Cardinals this week at home. Number eight, down three spots. I'm going. I'm. I have a level of concern for my Detroit Lions. I think that's fair. I have a level of concern. That's fair. The last two games, they, uh, the team that. Uh, Goes for your kneecaps and then for your fleshy part of the thigh. Uh, uh, he didn't say that, but <laughs> it's uh, we, we need we need to get that uh, Hannibal Lecter back in here. We yeah. got to get the fava beans and the nice Chianti and um, and off. unfortunately for them, as they're in New Orleans, that's that ain't an easy place to play. Uh, all I know is just this, and I, I don't mean this to troll on anybody. When um, Jared Goff, if he's going to. Um, um, want to win this game what Derek Carr throws in the red zone at the end of the game and it's pass interference I think the flag's going to come out (laughs) won't happen I believe this is Jared Goff's first appearance in that building since then I I, I think it might be I don't know if the Lions have been back to New Orleans or if the Rams were before he uh, left but it's going to be an interesting flashback for Jared Goff let's see if they can like let's go Lions here we go we need you. Um, seventh on the list, up two spots, are the Jacksonville Jaguars. Quite a stamp on things. That was a big-time, big-boy pants, huggy dropping W for this team. This is their division, is what they told the Houston Texans. This is their time, not the young bucks in Houston. It's them. And now they can go and ho- win a home game in front of the whole country, against the Cincinnati on Monday Night Football and keep moving forward. They're seventh on the list, up one spot. I, I I don't know. It would be interesting if Jacksonville takes on Miami, but at the moment I'm putting the Miami Dolphins here. Um, the You know, losing Phillips on that defensive line is a, a – that one was – that's going to leave a mark. Big blow. And the, the offense still needs to come up with some – Tua's been low-key struggling the well, last couple weeks. Well, I mean, the, the defenses have been able to stop yeah. the, the freight train from running them over. Yep. So, still, though, uh, they're one of the six best teams in the NFL. Down one spot are the Dallas Cowboys. Hold on, what? Down one Cow spot. Play. 
at eight and three. And it, just in case you, you're wondering if I've lost my mind. What are we doing? Didn't just in case you're wondering if I've lost my mind. That the Cowboys would lose ground despite their winning streak and how well they are playing. I just want to reserve judgment when they take on a team like, say, Philadelphia. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not completely roosting in the nest of, yeah, but who have they really beaten? I'm out there. I mean, we ate turkey out of the... And just in case you think I've completely up. lost my mind and that Down. I'm biased against Dallas, I've done the same thing, Down. dropping an 8-3 and three team one spot to the defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. I have dropped them one spot as well, even though they finally scored points after halftime. <laughs> it is because I believe in this snapshot in time that both Dallas and both Kansas City would lose a football game to the Baltimore Ravens, who are up three spots, number three on my list. Now he likes the Ravens. I do. I do, sir. How, I mean, like, is Kyle Hamilton, you know. Best player in football, maybe? Is, is he like a, a Navi from Avatar? Like, like he, how tall, how big is he? 6'4", right? Dude, that guy is, and that's, he's on the back end of this defense that marauds up front and in the middle with Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen. Remember during the draft, we're like, Dude. how did we got the Ravens get this guy? I know that. I know that. And then the run game, Keaton Mitchell is beginning to add a little, you know, lightning to the thunder. Um, I, I would love to see Mark Andrews come back. Because yeah. if he does, then this team can absolutely win the Super Bowl. I still think they can. Number two on the list is no change. It's San Francisco. And number one on the list is no change. It's Philadelphia. So that's my power rankings for week 13. No change at the top. The rent stays like a before at the top. But there's a lot of juggling around, even though there were some wins. Uh, the Lions are the only team with the Texans on my list to have lost in week 12. Browns are out. Okay. But the Browns are out. Uh, I, I, I can't put them above the Texans. I just can't. Not with their quarterback situation in complete flux. Um, and I'd love to see Joe Flacco catch lightning in a bottle, certainly if he's going to start playing some games for Cleveland. But that's my power rankings for week 13. Hmm. You just made the list. Let's take a break here on the Rich Eisen Show, his film. He's a co-writer, co-director of one of the hottest films in the history of Netflix called Leo. Robert Smigel, baby, coming up. This will be a lot of fun. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL Draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, 
just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So Sleep Number helps me. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show with our radio audience as well. Robert Smigel is here. Again, we just showed a clip of Leo which has set a record for 34.6 million views in the first six days, the biggest debut ever for a Netflix animated film, and Robert Smigel, the co-director oh, yeah. and co-writer. And you also wrote the the songs for this as I well? I did write the songs. I but, did. That make the whole world sing? I'm sorry. I just went, <laughs> I just went Manilow on you right I, there. Yeah, no, I'm, I have a lot of Manilow in me. But People is this the first time it. you've done that? or are you? Or, no, no, actually. No. I okay. Wrote, I wrote... Christmas time for the Jews on <laughs> Saturday Night Live many years ago, and I wrote. Uh, well, Triumph had an entire album that Is, was Grammy nominated, believe it or not. Damn straight, it was with songs like "Underage Bichon," recounting a regrettable <laughs> incident where he thought the dog was a year old. The dog was only ten months old. Regrettable, <laughs> regrettable. <laughs> But, you know, he opened up and, you know, it was a very raw, honest album. What were some of the other songs on the Triumph well, album? There was one about cats, and I can't repeat the, I can't repeat the title of that one. Uh, another one about Benji. I, I can't repeat the title of that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, but the point is, yes, Grammy nominated album. Yes. The point is, Grammy nominated. When it all boils down, yeah, it's I Grammy mean, nominated. Yes, you know, back come, in the come day. Come poop with me is the come name. poop with come me. The Thank name you. Of the album. Oh. Come poop with me. In case you're looking for it on streaming. Is that a Sinatra? Is that an homage yes, to of Sinatra? Course, yeah. Of course, uh, Triumphs even got like the jacket and the uh, fedora on his head <laughs> he on the does. cover with uh, two you know? two young poodles. Yes, like some very that. hot young poodles. Yep. yep. Do you want it's some other like, uh, trap sure, names? Please. Keep yeah. going. Keep going. What of else course. you got? What uh, else let's you got? See. Uh, uh, you well, can can read. Can can read. read. Thirty seconds of magic. Yes, that's about sex <laughs> with <laughs> triumph. That's a, a love groove. <laughs> uh, there's a, there's a call to a Chinese restaurant. Uh, right yeah, here. that's something that uh, I would get canceled for yeah, today. Okay, very good. Uh, you have to work blue. That's the you longest have to track work blue, seven yeah, because they always say you don't work blue. But this right. triumph sang a song about how you have to work blue. Okay, uh, my mama. Ooh, that's a really filthy song. <laughs> uh, uh, it seems like this could be a tribute to someone who just passed away. Bob Barker is the name Bob of the Bob Barker, oh, yes, yeah. that is an angry diatribe about um, Bob Barker, the most evil man in the world, in Triumph's <laughs> mind because of the oh, all the removed. testicle chopping. <laughs> <laughs> Have your pets neutered. He just yeah, that. that echoes in his head oh, at the beginning of the song. That, huh? Yes, yes. Uh, Jack Black. It's a duet with Jack Black. Is that correct? I correct. can't believe I'm here and I'm selling a 20 year old no, album. That's, I know, no, it's great. Because this is, I would say, uh, and you're going to know, Leo, much more family friendly. Much more family friendly, and all the songs are family friendly. It's beautiful, yes. man. I mean, Thank uh, you. you're very, very welcome. You know, it, it, and it's just, um, and it's, 
it's just a, it, it just strikes a really neat chord. I appreciate that. You're welcome. It's like, I hope people don't think, you know, I'm older now and maybe like, oh, what's he doing? Selling out, writing like, come on. This is my life now. I have like 15 year old boys. They were, they were in like fourth grade when I started writing this movie. So, is that you right? know, yeah. You word, when you said you've been working on this for this oh long. Oh my God. Right? Yeah. Like fifth grade they were in. Yeah. So that's literally, I started it in like 2018. And, um, a lot of the movie has stuff from my life and my kid's life. And my boys are in the movie too. Oh, actually, on that. they just, um, they, they read the scratch vocals. Like when we were just putting in anybody and then Adam was like, you gotta keep them in the movie, pal. That's <laughs> I was like, really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It, yeah. It, it, They're good kids. They don't want to be actors. They have much more realistic aspirations. It's about the last they year. Want, of, they want to be NBA stars. I bet. <laughs> the last year of elementary school is seen through the eyes of a class pet. The yes. uh, jaded, if you will, 74 year old lizard, uh, Leo played by Adam Sandler. Yes. And his his partner in the terrarium is a turtle named Bill, played by Bill Burr. He was here just a couple of weeks ago. Oh. We were talking about it with him. Yeah. 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 Smiggle's a pain in the ass to work with, but it's worth it. <laughs> he, he, he said he loved doing it. That's for he sure. Did. Yeah, no, he's great. He loves to bust your uh, cojones. He certainly when does. He's, uh, when he's uh, working. He... And I imagine the lizard character was Sandler's from Jump, right? In your mind, pretty much? Oh, well, no. So Adam, no? Adam had the idea to do a, a movie about fifth grade and the transitional anxiety that comes with going from elementary school to middle school. Okay. And he started working on a script with Paul Sato, but it was a totally different story. And, um, I pulled a couple of things from it, like the drone idea mm -hmm. and the uh, kindergartners that are really funny in there. But, but, um, my idea was to have like, you know, the class pet who's like just really jaded and has seen every kid he's been in this room for like 70 years, he's seen every kind of fifth grader. He pegs the kids and he's really cynical. And then he realizes that he's going to die or at least believes it from overhearing something. And then he decides he's got to make more of his life. So he tries to escape when a kid takes him home for the weekend. He gets mm -hmm. caught. He has, and that's the girl. He has a conversation with her and ends up solving a problem based on all of his expertise from looking at kids for 70 years. And eventually he keeps trying to escape, but eventually realizes he has more satisfaction in helping these kids. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. I love it. That's so great. Robert Smigel here on the Rich Eisen Show. Everybody should check out Leo yeah. on Netflix, which is available right here on Roku. When was the first time you met Sandler? Oh, well, I got to, I was a, I was a co-producer at Saturday Night Live yep. after about three or four years. And so I would get to go to Chicago every summer. Lauren would want to scout people. Mm -hmm. And so one year we got to see Chris Farley do the motivational speaker sketch oh at, Saturday, at uh, Second City. That's where he did it? Yeah, That's Bob Odenkirk wrote the original version, and Bob was in the show too. Oh, okay. And uh, he played Phil Hartman's part, and Chris, yeah, he just... That was the easiest hire I think Lauren's ever made. Done in his life. Like seeing, he just seeing Farley do the you know van down yeah, by the river and just all that. Five business. minutes of Farley, you just know this guy is a superstar, right? And um, and then uh, we went to watch uh, Adam, Chris, Rock. Um, they both auditioned as stand-ups, 
at the Improv in Chicago. Uh-huh. And so that's when I met him. I just kind of said hi briefly. He was very nervous. He had a sort of a very, uh, you know, his, his stand-up, he was very meek. It was like a conscious choice on his part. He was almost right. doing a character. Right. Yeah. But it's close to a little bit of the real thing. Yeah, a little you know? bit of the real thing. But, like, I didn't know. I thought his writing was hilarious. I thought he was hilarious, but I didn't know that he could be a cast member off of that. Right. But Lauren hired him as a writer, performer, and then you just kind of realized pretty quickly. Okay. That he could do a lot of stuff. Well, when, when like, so what, what was your first collaboration with him then? Would you I say? think I was, I wrote the very first scene that he was ever in, which was the Sabra shopping network, which became later the Sabra Price is Right with Tom Hanks. And, you know, it's where the Sabra Israelis are uh, haggling on every, you know, on the shopping network and then on the prices, right? People are guessing the prices like, no, 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 you know. <laughs> no, this is high. No, this is Sony Guts. This is not, don't worry about the brand name. He has Sony Guts. And then that became the Zohan. So it was very strange that like the very first thing. Okay. And then, and another strange thing is like, this is Adam doing a cartoon animal. Yes. But his first foray into cartoon animals was something else. I wrote at Saturday night live, a commercial called the clucking chicken clucky. And it's like a chicken mascot for a fast food chain. Yeah. And they ask Phil Hartman asked the cartoon like, Hey, clucky. Why are you, why is, your chicken so chickalicious, and he says because I'm flame broiled, <laughs> and then he takes you through the process. But instead of like a regular commercial where you just see the flame broiling part, it's like first my head's cut off. <laughs> you see the cartoon head go tumbling in the air. Then I'm plucked and gutted and ready to go. <laughs> then you chew me up and swallow me, and I go out, come out through your digestive system. <laughs> <laughs> then he looks in a toilet, and he sees ha-ga-ga going. And oh, that was pretty. Sandler's first foray into, into animation, uh, yes. <laughs> so um, your time in Chicago, Robert Smiley yes. here on the Rich Eisen Show, I imagine... You've met many Swirsky brother types <laughs> through that. So I went to Chicago to like do improv, to take uh, improv classes. Yes. But I was a huge sports fan. I grew up in New York, mm-hmm. as you may I could, yeah, By the Islander in yeah, New not York. Not in Long Nets. Island, but I, I just yeah. love these teams for whatever reason. Yeah. And the logos. Sure. I have a logo thing. Look at that logo. My New York God. Nets, by the way. That's Dr. J. The only thing about being this old, Rich, is yes. that I got to watch Dr. J. <laughs> yes. And that I got to watch Walt Frazier. My kids love Walt Frazier, just the announcer. You know? Sure. Oh, of we, course. You know, the rhymes. Styling and beguiling. Oh, and that's a great one. And weaving and achieving. My favorite one weaving was. Weaving and achieving is their favorite. My favorite one, one of all time yes. <laughs> was when Xavier McDaniel played for the Knicks. Uh-huh. And he made a great basket and he just said, excavating. <laughs> and I'm like, what's he digging? Like, yeah. <laughs> are you digging his play? Like, or is he just? He, I think he just like wrote down a bunch of. You know what? A great one is that he says uh, when someone throws up an air ball, he calls it a UFO. I, I do love Clyde, man. He oh, he's amazing. Truly, one of the greats and, in the history yeah, yeah, of the entirety of New York oh, sports. Without, the pantheon. Oh, he's he's, you know? he's incredible. He's so you're incredible. in Chicago, and you're, I, I moved to Chicago, yeah. and. I got to admit that um, I think Chicago is a greater sports town than New York. I hear you. I think the, okay, the fans are so loyal and they have such a great sense of humor. And I noticed, like, I went to a Cub game, like, my first weekend there. 
Mm-hmm. And because I just had to see Wrigley Field. And I just went up to the box office and they were like, uh, where do you want to sit? And I was like, well, just give me what, what's the best seat. And they actually had seats by the dugout. And I'm like, that doesn't happen at Shea. Yeah. Uh, maybe it doesn't in Chicago anymore, but this was in the eighties and yes. somehow. So I sat behind the dugout and I was like really excited. Tom Seaver was pitching for Cincinnati, but then I noticed oh, the people in the bleachers are the ones who are having all the fun. Yes, you're right. They're so creative. They're doing all this stuff. Left field sucks. Yeah. Right field sucks. Yeah. Taunting each other, throwing balls back. They were the, t- they invented all that stuff. Yes. And they also shunned the wave, which I had a lot of respect for. Yeah. Cause I would go to Shea stadium and the game would be tense and some idiot would start the wave and we're supposed to be doing the wave while, you know, it's like 4-3 in the bottom of the eighth. Yeah, right. Hey, look at this. <laughs> it's like, no, this is the game going on. Yes. And that wouldn't, the Chicago, it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. No one has ever done the wave in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So anyway, then I went to Comiskey, and that's really where I noticed, like, the walrus mustaches, you know, that badge of virility that they all had. <laughs> Back in the 80s, and a lot of them still do. And, of course, there was a lot of Ditka worship. And this, and they really wore the aviator shades. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, those were not in style at that point. That was a 70s thing, but, you know. So were you the one in the writer's room or the producer's oh, room? Oh, I came up with that sketch. You did? Yeah, yeah. I wrote, We actually performed it in Chicago before. With who? Uh, with Bob Odenkirk. Mm-hmm. So Bob and I knew each other from these classes. And yes. I actually ended up bringing him to Saturday Night Live my second year, third year. But during the writer's strike of 1988, mm-hmm. we did a show in the summer. We went back to Chicago, did another sketch show. And I tried out that concept because I thought it, it'll never work on Saturday Night Live. It's too regional. So we did it on, we did it on stage and it killed. And then when Mantegna hosted two years later, Bob was like, Robert, we should try it. Come on, Robert. <laughs> and he suggested that we do it as a... Um, sports roundtable show and then i was like oh that'd be great because then they make their predictions and it's like bear 62 to three you know i'm <laughs> just very casually tossing up. really i thought that the rams might score safety too 62 to five i'm sorry i'm being a little i i still have faith in the bears don't worry <laughs> but uh so we tried it and it did amazing but again then i thought that's it we did it once joe Montana was the host then this local radio host, Jonathan Brandmeier mm-hmm. in Chicago, just kept playing the sketch over and over. And then he made the Bulls a catchphrase because the Bulls were, that was Michael Jordan's first year. That was it. Uh, the championship year, 1991. Mm-hmm. And so by... May, George Wendt came to host, and we're like, okay, let's do it again. And then you got Mantegna back for that. No, too? no, Mantegna only did it like one more time. Okay. Then George did it that time. You know, I'm subbing in for my brother, Bill, who's had another heart attack. <laughs> and then George was the one who kept wanting to come back. <clears throat> yeah. Tanya was doing like David Mamet movies at the it's time. Right. <laughs> it was like, you know, it was great. I had a good time, guys. But uh, so, but George was like, yeah, I'm a comedian. When did you say we got to get Farley involved? Oh, he was in the first sketch. He was in the first sketch. Oh, yeah, because he's a Midwesterner, so I knew he could do it. And then Mike could fake the accent. He'd spent a lot of time in Chicago. And then I had written it. I had written Hartman into it. I didn't put myself in it, but Jim Downey Mm -hmm. knew that I could do the accent well. And he's from Joliet. And he said, I want you to be in it because he actually thought I did the accent the best. Okay. 
And he said, you'll be the barometer. So anybody from the Midwest who's watching will hear you. And that will give the sketch a level of authority. And then everybody else can do their variation of it. I thought it was Farley pounding his chest to get his, to like give <laughs> himself CPR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Himself- well, that too. Like, it's so funny because like, <laughs> so then I went back to Chicago and I would meet people and it's like, I know guys just like that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, look in the mirror. What are you talking about? You know guys like that. Robert Smigel here on the Rich Eisen Show. And then just before I let you go, sure. uh, where did Triumph, the insult comic dog, come from? Where, so, where did that happen? Well, I was the first head writer at the Conan show. Conan sure. was a great friend of mine at SNL, and he wanted yeah. me to be his head writer. And I was, like, locked in, like, okay, this is it was the most thrilling job I've ever had. And I didn't want us to do anything that Letterman had done. Letterman was all about found humor, like making the stagehands do bits. Yeah. And like for Westminster, he had his joke was, oh, there's Triumph. He had <laughs> his joke was to have live dogs from Westminster just, <clears throat> excuse me, run up the aisles. Sure. You know, and, and it was very funny. But so meanwhile, I'm a newlywed at this time mm-hmm. and I go to a furniture store with my wife shopping and there's like a whimsical rack of puppets, mm-hmm. uh, puppet heads. And they're all like incredibly realistic dog. And like, there's also a sheep and a cat. And, uh, and I laugh really hard at the realism of this. And I've never seen a puppet that realistic. So I quickly put a dog uh, puppet on my hand and sniff my wife's <laughs> with it <laughs> in the middle of the store. And of course she thought it was hilarious. And that's why she's still my wife. <laughs> she's the perfect woman. And, um, but then she surprised me mm-hmm. like my birthday was like two months later. She, she brought home seven of these puppets yeah. for my birthday. And then the Westminster was happening right then. And I was like, well, so what if our version of this? Cause my, my mantra was, we're going to be the show that makes stuff up, not done. No found humor. Yeah. So it was like, what if we say, Oh, the dogs are just getting more talented every year. And so we would have like a dog sing the theme from the bodyguard or dogs do dueling banjos. And one dog eventually like sawed another dog in half or another dog could light his own farts. Oh, the best was there was a dog who was like a Jack Nicholson impersonator. Sure. So, you know, that hacky Jack Nicholson move where the, you know, I'm Jack Nicholson. We had a little dog puppet put a little paw over his forehead. I'm Jack Nicholson. They all talked with Russian accents. That was another rule I set down. That's where that came from with the uh, Russian accent is something I've just heard in my head since I was like a kid. For triumph? For dogs. For dogs. For just dogs in general. I have Russian grandparents. I don't know where it came from, but I always heard (laughs) Russian accent when dogs would speak in my head and so triumph finally like four years later i just call up i wasn't even part of the show regularly yeah i just said to john groff the head writer i got can we do another one of those because uh, we would do them every year uh another westminster because I, I just thought of insult comic and the whole joke is that he doesn't have any jokes he just says a compliment and then for me to poop on and <laughs> like the whole joke was on triumph and it worked really well but then we realized that he could actually make jokes and, and be kind of relief for Conan's audience. Cause Conan didn't have like a level guests. A lot of times it's like John Tesh, you know, and <laughs> the audience is like, okay, Conan's very polite. This is all very nice, but it is John Tesh. And then triumph would come on and just tear John Tesh apart. <laughs> so it was like catharsis for the audience. They were so happy. So we would do this with Hasselhoff, William Shatner, 
So Triumph was like the most popular character on the show what, even before he ever went on the. What did he say to remotes. Shatner? What did he do? I mean, well, all I remember is you know he made fun of his acting and said uh, you know he imitated his acting. You know, Spock, we must do this. And then he <laughs> says, "Yes, that's tremendous acting for me too, Poupon." <laughs> <laughs> I know we weren't allowed to do toupee jokes. I had one and I didn't do it. It oh, was something like, oh. "Yeah, yeah, what's that on your hair? That looks like a pomeranian I stooped last week." <laughs> but we passed on that one. Is a cigar like a Groucho Marx touch? Is that what the that cigar was? was like? Just an old vaudeville move because okay. he's like a borscht belt comedian. So that's all that was. And he, the gold bow tie, Deb Shaw, the costume designer, just did that for me. She just came up with that on her own. Which person or group of people did Triumph insult the most? Oh, the, oh he, the definitely like Star Wars yeah. type nerds and Comic Con <laughs> nerds. That's always the most fun. That's because... you pissed off the most? Like, really? No, no, like no. Really... They're not pissed off. That's the joy. I, okay. I like it better when people aren't pissed off. Okay. Uh, yeah, sometimes too. it's better television yeah. when they are. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but for me, I like when people are kind of like able to laugh at themselves and I don't have to feel bad. <laughs> so they're all lining up. They're all lining up. The Star Wars nerds who were online for Star Wars, they were like, I was like Don Rickles to them. Like, like, please like, insult me. Yes. Like when I met Don Rickles at the Conan show, it was like thrilling. Yeah. You know, sure. and he just, you know, of course he, everybody who meets him, he has an insult for, cause he knows that's what they want. So he looked at me and he said, hello, rabbi, <laughs> <laughs> which then I heard later was the first thing he ever said to Jon Stewart too. Oh, perfect. So he's got, he's got a little bit of a, oh, a bag of tricks. Oh gosh. <laughs> Robert, this is just an absolute pleasure to have you back on here. Everybody check out Leo on Netflix right here on the Roku platform. Be part of the millions, enjoying it with your family as well. Uh, good to see you, brother. Great seeing you. Absolutely. Thank what you, a buddy. total blast. Robert Smigel right here on the Rich Eisen Show. We'll be back to wrap this up in a moment. <laughs> Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Where did Stefan come from? Did that, uh, was that, that came from, uh, two things. John Mulaney wrote that with me and John, I, it deserves a lot of credit for Stefan because mm -hmm. he wrote so much of the rhythm of that and the, and the specifics of it. And 
clearly I found it funny because uh, I laughed every time uh, we did it. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think we ever did it where I didn't laugh. John will put in different things or he'll tell me as I'm walking out. I'll tell you, I know you're not supposed to laugh at this stuff and break in the middle of a scene, but that's oh, just I broke amazing. every time. You yeah, did? the first time was we had a club promoter named Amnesia Bern Bernstein and it didn't really get anything. And then he goes, Amnesia Bernstein didn't really get anything. And he goes, oh, I'll change it to something else. And then as I was walking out, he goes, oh, I changed Amnesia Bernstein to Gay Leota. <laughs> <laughs> and I started laughing. So the minute I roll out, I'm like, Gay Leota. All right, the other one was, uh, sorry, the other one that made me laugh was he said, he'll change little things. We had a, we had, we had written a, uh, uh, also at the club was, um, a two-year-old ultimate fighter, Julie Lips Jackson, he's got fists like empanadas and he's addicted to ecstasy. That's what we wrote. And then he wrote, so it was like two-year-old, uh, two-year-old, two-year-old ultimate fighter, Julie Lips Jackson. Uh, he's got fists like he's got fists like empanadas, and they turned the cue card and it said, and he's my best friend. <laughs> And behind the cue cards, past him, I can see him and Sandberg up against the wall, just like <laughs> watching me, laughing, like, get through this, dude. Oh, boy, I just love SNL people coming on this show and telling yeah, old right. school stories yeah, like too. that. On the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network, we are. Uh, well, that was a very Yoda way of welcoming know, you back. I, like, I don't know where that yeah. came from. <laughs> well, because we were uh, talking Star Wars. I'm sitting at this right, right at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. That's just so much fun. Is it, uh, is my cage is almost four. Is it too early for Triumph? Yeah. Because I think it's, it, but it, it, not that because it's, you know, I, I, there's an esoteric part of the humor sure, to it. Sure, sure, sure. I think Leo so might be. Talk, I think Leo might be Leo fine. Isn't, that's on the docket for this. Uh, yeah. this weekend. Leo's good. Yeah, you know, but Triumph. There's a certain esoteric. Right. He might just laugh at the voice. Yeah, or just see the voice and then just seeing a dog with a cigar. Yeah. yeah. Not understanding. I <laughs> What's happening? I <laughs> and plus, you know, even today, I can attest: 15, 12, and 10 year olds still like the word poop. I mean, <laughs> it still works. Yep. You know, for me to poop on. <laughs> I like the Russian accent. Like, I know, but he said he's always looked at dogs and thinking that they're speaking a Russian accent. I don't know. That might be a Rocky Bullwinkle upbringing. I don't know. Sure, not to be, yeah. not to really go d dive deep into it. So funny. Uh, hey, if you are looking for a great holiday gift or trying to take the family for a great holiday uh, event uh, for you to go and hang out and enjoy and game time tickets is is a place for you to go check out right now. You should absolutely check out Game Time Tickets because sports, music, comedy, theater events all near you, or if you're traveling somewhere for winter break or the holidays, you can go check out for those events other places. And the best part about it for certainly those on a budget is there's all-in prices. They show you your total up front. So you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. You don't check out and go, wait a minute, I don't want to do that. You don't because you see everything up front, including the view from your seat as well. The guesswork is removed completely when you buy tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account. And here's another great thing about it. Use the code RICH, $20 off your first purchase. Restrictions apply. Visit GameTime.co for terms. Again, create an account. Redeem the code RICH for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Um, the um, uh, New England Patriots 
as we all know, are it's so rare to see them with just two wins entering December, but mm. that's the case. It's so rare to see them um, struggling as they are. You don't like seeing it, Chris, but you see Caleb Williams here on the horizon. You want him. You want him? Yeah, you go get him. You got to lose more football games gotta for that. Got to keep losing. And so their next game, who are they taking on this week? Oh, the, San, the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers, hosting the Chargers. There, hosting the Chargers, yeah. uh, who are in desperate need of a win. Correct. This looks like another potential uh, case for evisceration, potentially mm-hmm. coming up. Could be bad. Who's going to be the quarterback? Well, I don't know if Bill likes this sort of thing, but uh, this this got out. Is that what I'm saying? Is it This is the media portion of practice. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Did you see this? I saw this. Andrew Callahan, who covers the team for the Herald. That's Mac watching Bailey Zappi and Malik Cunningham being the only quarterbacks to throw yeah. during the media access portion of practice. Does that mean he's not practicing? No. That doesn't mean that. But what it means is he knows the media is there. Trust me. They all know it because they know that what they're showing is something that Bill has no problem people seeing, I would think. I, I, I honestly don't know what's happening there. And they re-signed Will Greer yesterday. So, who knows? Why not give Malik Cunningham a go? I know why you don't want him to go. He might win. That's it. Yeah. This kid might be something awesome. Who knows? So then maybe why Dynamic not Dynamic college player. I mean, he's kind of a why slash right see, now. But... Why not see if he's that guy so you could use that high draft choice on someone else? What about them? Malik Cunningham doesn't strike me as a franchise quarterback. But you don't you never, know. You never know. How did uh, the 199th pick look to you as a franchise quarterback? Did you did you see that one coming? No, but he was six five. Okay. I don't know. I don't want to besmirch Malik Cunningham. He was an awesome college player, but uh, we sure. just haven't seen him out there. I know. If you were going to experiment with this, why didn't you do it in week four? I don't know. But it was obvious it was like going I said, south. Like I said, I forget it was yesterday. The other one. This is, of all franchises that ain't tanking, this is one of them. They're not. No chance. Yeah, well, we've seen. The Crafts aren't tanking and the Belichick. That. But we've seen Zappy. We've seen Family's not tanking either. They're not good enough to win games. What happened? Mac was a million percent good enough He's to win football games. He's completely broken. He lost all of his confidence. If anyone need, needs a change of scenery, it's him. He, he won't be back on the team next year. I can't imagine. What are they going to do? They're not releasing him. That's for sure. Who's trading for Mac Jones? I don't know. So he's your number three next year? Don't know, pal. Rough year. Don't know. Thanks to today's guests, Robert Smigel, Bruce Feldman, also in studio, and then Trevor Lawrence and uh, Jamar Chase. Lots of fun. If you missed it, stay tuned. We're about to re-air on the Roku channel. There's also our YouTube feed as well. That's it for this show. Eric Stone Street, Nick Bakai in studio tomorrow. That will be also lots of laughs.